Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to, well for me, it's Friday, for you it's Tuesday or Sunday or maybe Thursday in the middle of the night, wherever this finds you, I hope it finds you well. I am back for another episode this week and a conversation that I have had here on the podcast every year for the past several years. And I kind of geek out over this subject, and I really love it and am passionate about it. Um, Probably my most favorite episode to do is Setting New Year's Intentions, which maybe you got to listen to that back in at the end of December. Uh, But this is my second favorite episode to do every year. This is the mid-year check-in. Because right now, as I'm recording this with you, we are in the first week of June 2021, which means we are in the sixth month of the year, which means that next month we are in the second half of 2021. And I don't know about you guys, but that feels absolutely insane to me. Every year feels like it goes fast, but I don't think I've ever experienced six months that have gone at such warp speed. And if you're feeling how I'm feeling, which I assume, I was just talking to my friend about this, I feel like that's probably feeling like everything's going so fast because everything's starting to open and speed back up. And 2020 felt so slow and present and you know, just the pace was different in so many ways. So I think what life feels like right now probably isn't even at our regular pre-COVID speed, but it still feels like we're going so fast. And if that's what this year feels like for you too, then this is the episode for you. If you are inside of June and you don't feel like you are where you want to be at the end of this year, then this is the episode for you. Let me say that one more time because you're like, wait, Rachel, it's June. Why would I be feeling like I'm where I want to be at the end of the year if it's only June? Because you and I both know that all of a sudden it's going to be summer and then it's back to school and then it's holiday and we're going to snap our fingers and it's going to be New Year's again. And I think that if you're not intentional about how you want to feel at the end of the year right now, like if you're not intentional about that right now, you're going to get to the end of the year and feel like you missed your chance to show up the way you wanted to or feel frustrated with how you're ending the year. And so we do a mid-year check-in. I started this 
several years back because I was tired of getting to the end of the year and feeling disappointed with how I had shown up in it. Which isn't to say that I didn't try hard or wasn't a good mama or, you know, didn't do the things that I needed to do. It's just that life is so busy, right? And there's so many things that are required of us, whether or not you're a parent or uh, you own your own business or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or a college student. Like whatever it is you do, you have responsibilities in your life and you have people that are counting on you. And when that's the case, it's so easy to make sure you're checking off all the boxes and accomplishing the things you need to accomplish, but maybe not making traction against the person that you want to be. And so that's what this conversation is today. I hope it's a really, like some really tactical ideas for how to think about your life and your work and your creativity as you enter the second half of this year. And I really love to do this process in my journal. Um, I like to, I will like grab a whiteboard at work and do it on a whiteboard. You could get a blank piece of paper. You can talk it through with your friends. It's a great exercise to do in a group of people that you know will hold you accountable and that you can trust to sort of support you in the things that you want to do. But basically, let's just have a conversation. And I want to, like my intention is to just give you a bunch of ideas for how you can kind of unpack where you're at right now and then create a roadmap to where you want to go. So it's the mid-year check-in episode. Super pumped. Let's go. All right. I think what would be interesting for me, probably not for you, but for me, it would be interesting to go back over the last many years and listen to this episode and how my perception of it has changed over time. Like, I don't even remember what last year's episode was, but I'm sure it was, I don't know, maybe me like drunk or or crying, uh, just like, it's the mid-year check-in. <laughs> because last June was so, my gosh, it was so hard. And then the year before that was such a, 2019 was such a busy year and such a productive year and the business was growing so much. And so I just feel like Based on where you are in your life, how you take this on is going to look like different things. So I'm really going to speak to how I did my mid-year check-in, and then maybe there's something in there that will help you. And I think probably the biggest change about how I'm approaching life now at 38 versus how I was approaching it at maybe 36 or 35 is so much more about the feeling and the emotion that I want to have in the world and how I want to show up for myself and my kids and in this space that has much less to do with like the things I want to achieve and much more to do with the way I want to feel as I pursue the things I want to achieve. Let me unpack that for a minute because that maybe didn't make a ton of sense. I am an Enneagram 3. Y'all have probably heard me talk about this. If you are not familiar with the Enneagram, I really want you to stop listening to this episode right now and go Google it and take the test and find out which number you are. It's a personality test that's existed forever, and it really has been so helpful for me to understand the way I'm wired. It's helpful in relationship, like friends or romantic relationships. It's super helpful for me as a leader of teams to understand why 
that member of my team sort of makes that decision versus this one. It's just really, it's a really helpful tool. So I'm an Enneagram three, which means that I am an achiever. And so much of our personality is built and wired into us when we're little kids. So for me, this achievement started as a little girl and having parents who weren't super present as parents. <laughs> I've written a lot of books about this. You can go dig into those. I'm not going <laughs> to not going to unpack that here. But essentially, I learned from a really early age that the way that I could get my parents' attention was to do something good. So if I won the science fair, if I got a part in the school play, if I scored a goal in soccer, that was kind of the only time that they paid attention to me. And to a little kid, I now, as a grown-up can tell you, to a little kid, that attention equates to love. If you're not getting love in the right way, you'll definitely seek it out in the wrong ones. And for me, I learned to just achieve, achieve, achieve. And the second I achieved something, I immediately went to go achieve the next thing because that was how I could get them to pay attention. And I don't have regrets about who I am. And I don't think that any of us should hold any regrets about sort of how we show up in the world. I think we should just try and do it in the healthiest way possible. There are definitely negatives about being an achiever. It means that I spent many years in my past where I was a workaholic and I couldn't stop and I was obsessed with achievement. And it's also the reason why I have experienced the success I have had personally and professionally. So I think there's two sides to this coin and I don't regret it. And I don't, I just accept myself for who I am, I have flaws and all. But in the past, so much of setting my intentions for a year or doing a mid-year check-in was completely about what I had and had not achieved. I would set these grandiose goals for myself and basically I would get to the end of the year and feel really frustrated with myself, really sad because I hadn't achieved what I wanted to. And it took me a minute to understand a big part of that was that I was honestly setting goals that were insane. Like I really believe in calling a big shot because I think that, that there's this old quote, I, I literally gave the speech at my eighth grade graduation, <laughs> shocker. And there's this quote, and I don't know who says it, so forgive me, uh, but I remember quoting this eighth grade graduation, which was, um, um, if you aim your arrow at the, if you aim your arrow at the sun, you may never reach it, but it will fly far higher than if you had aimed it at an object level with your own self. I have Googled and I still do not know who said that. So if you know, give them credit. But essentially, I pursued every single year that way. I would say like, okay, well, I'm going to just, you know, last year I made $50,000 in my business and this year I'm going to make $5 million. Like I would just be like, we're aiming at the sun. The problem was that then it was never, no matter how much traction I made, it never felt like enough. I always felt disappointed in myself. So if, you know, that previous year I had made 50000 in revenue and then the next year I made 150000 that's an incredible come up as a small business owner, but I would still feel like a failure because I hadn't hit $5 million, which is insane. Like I had no basis for calling that shot. So I think a big part of 
you setting goals and intentions for yourself is that you need to have something that's based in some kind of reality and then expand from there. Like I still call shots that are really big, but they're based on something that's actually possible. That was a big part of understanding like why I would get to the end of the year and then feel disappointed was like, okay, my goals were crazy. Like I need to actually set something that is is a stretch for me, but that it, I could find a way to get to. Because what happens is that if you, let's say, set a goal of, I'm going to say, like you want to be able to run 12 miles, right? Like that's your goal. I'm going to get to the end of the year and I'm going to be able to run 12 miles without stopping. But you get to October and you can run, I'm making this up, like you can only run six miles. And you're like, it's October. What happens oftentimes is that we feel so discouraged that we're not as far as we want to be that we completely stop trying altogether. We mail it in. It's why if you've been a part of my community forever, we do the last 90 days. If you know, you know. But it's this challenge at the end of the year where we commit to ending the year strong. And that started because I would get to October, feel discouraged about where my goals were, and then I would just be like, well, screw it. I'm going to just destroy everything. I'm going to drink too much and eat absolute garbage food that's going to make me feel bad, and I'm going to stop pushing at work, and I'm going to stop creating, and I'll just start again on January 1st. So the intention behind this mid-year check-in is to make sure that we're we're right on track with where our goals need to be, or do we need to reassess, and to start to envision what's it going to look like when we get to the end of December. So that was a huge buildup to why I approach my mid-year check-in differently than I have in years past. In years past, it was only about what I could achieve. And now it's that's still very much a part of me. But I think of my achievements in terms of not just like an outside goal or a revenue goal. I also think of achieving great energy in my body or an incredible relationship with my son who's about to be a freshman in high school or building better relationships with my girlfriends or like I just look at achievement in a lot of different ways. It's about creativity and feeling and how I show up in the world. And those are just as important as did I turn in a manuscript this year. So I hope that that's helpful for you. And I actually think that this is a much healthier way to approach goal setting is to look at goals holistically. So in the past, if I'm being honest, my goals were really only about things that would be impressive to other people. You know what I mean? Like if you're an Enneagram 3, I feel like you're probably nodding your head right now. And it's super unhealthy to admit, but again, if I go back to being a little girl, that's how I was raised. I was trying to impress mom and daddy. And if I could do something that impressed them, then I got their love. And that translates to you take that like from your parents to a partner, maybe to a friend group, to social media, like you just keep sort of transitioning that desire that you have from one person to another. And if you don't do the work on why you're chasing these unhealthy things in the first place, you're just going to keep pursuing it. And also, as an achiever, it's never going to be enough. There, it'll, it will never be enough. You'll never, I have achieved 
beyond my wildest dreams, beyond, so far beyond. And it still feels like it's never enough if you're pursuing it from an unhealthy place. So going into the rest of this year, it's about what are the creative things that I want to be able to do? How do I want to show up as an artist or a writer or a producer of content like this for you guys, but also make sure that I'm doing it in a way that feels really good for me energetically. So here we go. If you, <laughs> you're like, Rachel, that was a lot, but I hope, man, I hope you got like meat out of it. And honestly, even if you're not an Enneagram three, maybe you're an, a helper, which is an Enneagram two, or maybe you're an Enneagram nine, which is the peacekeeper. Like all of these things contribute to what it is we desire out of a year in front of us or out of the next six months or out of the next week. But you want to make sure that you are approaching it from all areas of your life, not just the one. So to start a mid-year check-in, I always review my intentions that I set at a new year. If you're not the kind of person who sets New Year's intentions or you didn't, you haven't had any intentions in the last six months about how you want to show up or what you want to do or accomplish, don't worry. That's fine. Um, this is a great opportunity to do that. But if you did start your year setting intentions, then it is really helpful to use this time to go back and review what it was that you wanted to do and how you wanted to show up in the world. I It's one of the reasons I love journaling so much. It's one of the reasons that I have, you know, the start today line and how I believe so much in writing down our goals and where we are and what we're thinking and our, having that written gratitude practice one, I just think it's so incredibly grounding for where you are today, but also I love that I can go back and review where I was in January and what it was that I wanted to do and, and how I wanted to show up. And that's always where I start because basically in June, I want to ask the question, did I set the right goals for myself? Was this the was this actually what I needed out of this year or have things shifted and changed and now I need to reassess as I go into the second half? My goal for this year and also sort of just my goal for life in general is I wanted to and want to make beautiful memories with the people that I love. It was really that simple. And I think that it was probably the most, probably the healthiest thing I've ever started a new year with was I just wanted to create really beautiful memories. And those could be simple things that happen inside of, you know, putting a puzzle together with my kids. And that can be getting to go on vacation with my best friends. It didn't matter what it was. I just really wanted to be conscious of creating beautiful memories. And that was an intentional choice because 2020 was so hard, but it also had such beauty inside of it. And the beauty was wrapped around moving slower and being present. And I just was really nervous coming into this year that that was something I was going to lose. And to be honest with you guys, I still worry about that for us as a community or a society that in the desire to speed everything up so fast that we're losing a bit of it. I'm, I'm watching this happen with friends where they're like, oh man, the world's opening and you know we got vaccinated and now we're gonna just go ham. 
And that's like so fun. But then if you do that again and again and again and again, which I'm like seeing a lot of people do, then they're getting burnt out and they're going right back to that burnout that they had coming into COVID. And so uh, I, it's almost like, I don't know, like you turn 21, you're like, I'm going to drink all the things. This is also pretending that none of us had a drink of alcohol before it was legal. But I understand the desire of like, oh, things shifted and now I'm going to like go so hard in this direction when I couldn't do it before. And I guess if that feels really good to you and that feels life-giving, freaking go. But I just hope that we can all be conscious of not losing the pieces of last year that actually were really meant for us. I really do think there were pieces of moving slower and being centered. Like it it was so hard. It was so awful. It was also this literal once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see what it looks like to slow down and be present in a different way. So start this process by reviewing where it was that you wanted to go at the beginning of this year and asking yourself where you are in that process. I had a lot of creative goals for myself at the beginning of this year. Um, A lot of things that I wanted to do, create and write and work on. And I fell in love. Ooh, I can't believe I just said that on the podcast. But I did. I fell in love Uh, very, very, very unexpectedly Uh, in the last couple of months. And do you guys, can you guys tell how like nervous that I want to like put my shirt over my head right now? Cause I just feel so nervous saying that to you, but it's true. It happened. And, um, that has like, I haven't created a lot of things that I wanted to create or put out in the world. I haven't written as much as I wanted to write. I haven't finished some projects that I was absolutely positive I would be done with by now. And that's really because I've been making out with someone. (laughs) No, it's true. Um, I just, I've been, like, I I heard this quote recently that I just loved. It said, you'll never get to be with this version of yourself again. So just enjoy her. And I thought, I'll never, ever in my life get to experience the absolute wonder of being 38 and going on a date with the second man I've ever been on a date with at 38 years old. Like I'll never ever get to experience again having a first kiss for the second time in my life at 38. I was with my ex-husband for 18 years. I I'd never, I've never experienced any of these things and not as an adult. And so there is just this like absolute childlike wonder to this and I could absolutely be like producing at the highest level and then sort of fitting this in wherever it fits. But that doesn't seem like that's not who I want to be. And so I know exactly why I'm not further along on the achievement goals. But, oh, my Lord, I just the (laughs) it's not even a concern because there's been such a beauty and abundance in this other area of my life that is like so great and I'm not going to trade it for anything. So it's worth asking yourself if there's a really good reason why you're not as far along the track as you want to be. Or maybe you review 
where it is that you want to go and your or where it is that you wanted to go at the beginning of the year and you still feel really strongly that those were the right goals and intentions for you but you're not where you want to be and not for great reason so that's the thing that we then need to unpack right like we need to ask ourselves why we got off track why did we get off track why did you know and like on this one you guys I honestly, I don't think it's possible for us to sort of unpack this kind of thing from enough angles. Now, let me be really careful because as someone who has really struggled with anxiety in this in the past, I can obsess or spin out over a certain subject that actually doesn't help me get any more clarity. So that is not what I am suggesting here. You sitting around and obsessing over why you're not further along, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is getting really granular, meaning like really detailed in your own mind about why did I get off track? Well, I guess first asking yourself, were you ever on track? You set goals for yourself at the beginning of this year or you set intentions. Maybe it wasn't the beginning of this year. Maybe it was the beginning of this month or the beginning of this week. Was there a time in the past that you felt like you were on track and pursuing being the person that you want to be? Let's start there. Because if not, honestly, if not, I want you all in the show notes of this episode, I'm going to put the number for the hotline. I want you to call and leave me a voice memo. If this is you and just be like, Rach, I don't ever feel like I've been off track. And like, let's talk through that because I feel like it would be so helpful for listeners and I would love to help you unpack it. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is if you were on track and you got off track, we got to look at that from two ways. One, I always want to look at what was the exact routine and schedule that I was following that made me feel like I was cooking with gas, like I am doing this thing, I'm getting her done. And then what was the exact timing of when I started to fall off track? And the reason I say exact timing is because I think oftentimes we believe that we failed at something or that we let go of something or we start pursuing it or whatever the case is, we believe that that happens for actually a completely different reason than why it really happened. And so we spend our time and our energy trying to fix the wrong problem or trying to fix the symptom instead of the root cause of what's really going on. And if you can get to the root cause, you can sort of just nip that right there then it solves a whole plethora of issues instead of just the one symptom that you're trying to treat. So I always love asking myself like, okay, but when did you start to feel this way? And what was going on in your life? Because sometimes through that process, I found that it was hanging out with a new group of people, that it was changing my habits in terms of absorbing certain media or spending too much time on social media instead of reading? Was it, was I pursuing this thing? Was I talking to that person? Like what were the things that were leading up to this event in my life so that I know what's really going on and I can treat what the real issue is? That's huge for me. Huge, huge, huge. And in fact, I will tell you that one of the big things that I've learned about myself which is crazy. Like it it feels nuts to me that I'm learning this about myself at 
this age, but it really is true, is what matters most for me, and if I'm going to make a sweeping generalization, I'm going to say for you too, what matters most, 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 most when it comes to achievement and being the person you want to be and having it feel the way you want it to feel is not the action that you take. It's the vibration that you're at when you take that action. Okay, just sit with me for a minute because I'm about to get real hippie on your ass. But I promise this is so good, you guys. And even those of you who are high achievers and you don't talk about vibration or energy or any of that, this still is going to work for you. I promise. When I say vibration, uh, a simpler way to say that if you don't sort of speak that language is what is the emotion that you are bringing to the moment? What is the energy level, the emotion, the vibration that you are bringing to the choice that you're going to make? Because the action can only get you so far and honestly can go sideways and in the wrong direction if you don't have the right vibration sitting underneath it. For instance, uh, let's just use health as an example. How successful have you been at a diet or nutrition or working out every day when you freaking hate it, when you're miserable. I'm going to assume if you are a woman like I am, you have had some point in your life where you went on some stupid diet, some crash diet, some drink these shakes or eat only kale or do the juice cleanse, lemonade, cayenne, whatever that thing is. Like we've all, I think... I think the majority of us have at some point in our life gone on a, and I'm using air quotes, like diet that has just made us freaking miserable, right? But we're doing it. Or you've gone to the gym to work out and you absolutely hate it. You don't want to be there. You feel gross. You're pissed. You're barely trying. Like your vibration is so freaking low in those moments, it is it is just like at the very base level. So you're actually moving in an energy or bringing emotion to an action. Like the action's actually something you're trying to do to take care of yourself. You're pursuing it in a really crappy way, but the intention there was to try and do something good for you. But the emotion that you're attaching to this thing that's supposed to be good for you is so gross that it cancels out whatever the intention was. You can take incredible action, but be vibrating at such a low frequency or have the energy behind it be something so negative that it cancels out the action or in some cases creates something you never wanted it to create. Like I'm, I just uh, th- this has taken me so long to click into that it's not like I, uh, last week on the show. I don't know if you guys listened. I was answering questions from y'all. I was answering questions. Listeners had called in and left voice memos on the on the hotline. And one of the questions from this woman was, "Should I take big, gigantic, impactful action, or little, tiny?" minute action. And she was saying it was much easier for her to take the big action. The little action was too easy to fall out of. And I went into a whole detailed answer on that. But kind of the gist of it 
in this scenario is that it's easier for people to take big, massive action because we tend to take big, massive action when we're in a high vibrational state. We're excited. It's the new year. It's a Monday. We're feeling great. We're pumped up. We just hung out with people who give us life and we're feeling like we can do anything. And so we take this massive action, which can be so cool and such a great way to kickstart what you're doing. But the massive action is over really quickly. And so when I look at what actually gets me results, personally, professionally, creatively, as the person that I want to be, it is always this equation. Are you ready? I never tell you to like write down specific things, but dang it, this is the one. High vibration, meaning good energy, happy emotion, positive, like focusing on the future, focusing on what you want to create in your life, not what has happened. So high vibration plus consistent action. Not action, consistent action equals exponential results. See, people want to take the massive action because they have that high energy state behind them and it's easy to take massive action in that. And you're like, well, I took massive action. I bought a gym membership. I took massive action. I signed up for online classes. I took massive action. I applied for the job. But that massive action means jack all if you don't follow it up with consistent, consistent choices every single day that back up the initial intention that you had. Uh, Again, if any part of this you want me to go into more detail, just call the hotline and let me know and then I'll unpack it. But when I say high vibration, I mean getting yourself to live in a state of abundance, to live in a state of gratitude, to focus on what you have, to focus on beauty and goodness. And that does not mean, I know sometimes like people hear this and they're like, oh, this is like toxic positivity and you're not focusing on like, no, man, I believe, I I mean, if you have ever come to conference with me, if you've ever come to my women's conference, you know, the entire first day is called own your past. The entire first day is about unpacking and looking at your past and looking at things that have happened and reframing that information and holding space for how painful that was or how traumatic that was or like we sit with it. I do not think that you are supposed to go through your life and ignore the bad stuff that has happened. But I do believe completely that if you start trying to build your future by focusing on all the things that haven't worked in the past, you are getting yourself into that past state. And I hope I'm not going too woo-woo for you guys. I'm like, well, I'm really crossing my fingers that this makes sense. If you, like, let me give you an example. If I am, I I told you guys, fell in love, that's crazy. And that I didn't, it wasn't my intention. It was a friend. Uh, I, I, it was a new friend, but I was just like, oh, this guy's like so cool. It's like this new friend of mine. And I was having so much fun hanging out with my new friend. And then at some point in hanging out with him, I was like, oh my gosh, I think, I, I think I'm 
feeling a certain way. I feel I'm feeling a little weird. I feel like I have a crush. I feel like I have a crush on my new friend. And by the way, I understand that at 38, I maybe shouldn't be using language like I'm in middle school, but I told you I'm new at this. So just bear with me. Now, if I realized that I was feeling a certain way about this man and immediately started to recount all of the things that had failed in my marriage, like if I immediately started to go into detail on why that didn't work or what, you know, here are all the things that this, my other like past relationship, like here's everything that went wrong and here's all the reasons that he thought I was not great. And like, if I start to, if I start there, I am putting, it is impossible to think about all those things and not put myself into that energetic emotion of the past that did not work. So if I want to build this great future, beautiful life for myself, if you want to build a great new relationship, a great new business, if you want to create something, your art, your photography, your written word, your podcast, whatever it is that you want to create in the future, you cannot create something that's at a beautiful, high happy, energetic, emotional space by starting first in all the crap that went wrong. And that's what most people do. Most people wake up every day and immediately start thinking of all of the problems that have gone wrong in their life, in the last week, in the last month. We start to unpack and it's like, it is so easy to do because we're wired, our brains are wired for it. It is one of the greatest mindset habits that you can teach yourself is to just catch it. Catch your thoughts as they're, oop, oop, there I am. Look at me. Oop, I'm going back. Yep. I see myself falling back in the pattern. I'm going to focus over here. I'm going to focus over here. going to get over here. And in fact, for the longest time, I would look at the past and be like, oh, well, any success I had was because I was taking so much action. And certainly you guys have worked my butt off. And I know so many of you are working your butt off. You're working your butt off to be, you know, to graduate college. You're working your butt off to be a great parent. You're working your butt off to build this business. Whatever it is, I know you're working so hard. But I can look back now and understand when I had the biggest successes of my life, it was always, always when I matched up a high vibration or a, a the emotion, a positive emotion, an energetic pursuit of my life with consistent action every day. And again, if that doesn't make sense, call and leave a voicemail and I'll unpack that in more detail. But I just wanted that to be something that I put in just like, I wanted to like give you that to chew on or marinate in is to ask yourself what kind of vibration, and if that word doesn't work for you, what's the emotion that you're bringing to your action? Are you pursuing action that's meant to help your business, help your life, help your body, help your health, whatever, but you're doing it from a place of such negative emotion that you literally cancel it out? You cancel out everything that you did and not just like in a woo-woo magical sense, but in a like, I've done this a million times where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go on this crazy diet and then like go work my butt off at the gym. But my attitude about the whole thing is so gross and so negative and always that has led to later that night I'm standing in the kitchen binge eating because I've just absolutely not loved myself well, not pursued that from a place of wholeness, not pursued that from a place of 
positivity or joy or, you know, taking care of myself, I was absolutely pursuing it for the wrong reasons. So ask yourself right now, as you go into the rest of this year, is it the action that you're taking? Is it the emotion that you're bringing it to it? Or does it need to be a combination of both of those things? Consistent action, high vibration, exponential results. That was a big one for me to unpack in why things weren't progressing the way that I wanted them to. And another one that I also just want to make sure I say is what worked? As you look back on the last six months, what has worked for you? What feels really good? What do you need to pursue more of? What do you need to pour gasoline on because it's going really well? Like what are the things that you can really lean into because they are giving you those great feelings? And in fact, as I did my mid-year check-in, I wrote, what are the things that make me feel like I am vibrating at the highest levels? Like just no judgment of myself. Like what are things that make me real feel really good? And I'm so glad that I had that list. You know, in the past, I've talked a lot about having a joy list. And I still believe that that's great. But I love the idea of like, what raises my vibration? Have you ever seen, you know, there's like all those like cute sayings like raise your vibration or your vibe attracts your tribe or... I was thinking today, if no one's done this yet, there should be a line that's like, your vibe attracts your thrive. Like whatever vibration you're at is completely intertwined with how much you're thriving in the world around you. And what I like about this idea, if you've read much about the law of attraction or if you have read about the power of a gratitude practice, is that you just need your regular everyday life to find ways to raise your vibration. You're just finding a way to have more appreciation for what you have right now today, that you are operating and living your life from a place of abundance instead of a place of scarcity. So one last thought as you are sort of doing this review and then heading into the next six months, I just wanted to tell you guys that when I lay out goals for myself, they're always in three categories. And maybe this will look different based on your personality type or what you do every single day. But the three areas that I set goals for myself are creatively. So I ask myself, what do I want to create? And that could be a book I want to write or something, you know, in the past it's been like, oh, I wanted when I wanted to launch your Faves Faves podcast or when I like had an idea for something I wanted to create. So I always have a creative goal and sometimes more than one. I always have a professional goal and that because I own a business, that goal is always wrapped up in the business. So in the past, it's been revenue numbers or maybe a certain place I want to get to with my you know, podcast listenership or my email subscribers or whatever. Um, but I always have a creative goal, a professional goal, and then a personal goal. And usually in, a, in, in any of these categories, I can have more than one, depending some of them are really lofty and then some of them are a bit more low-hanging fruit. And I usually have the most when it comes to personal goals. So those will be things like be closer with the kids or I want to help them transition through, you know, my oldest is going to high school this year or like I'll set personal goals like that just to remind myself of where I want to be with my family as a mama, as a partner, as a friend. Um, so those are the three categories that I lay out goals in. I do this in my journal so that I can go back and review. So I'm essentially reviewing all the time and just asking myself like, okay, is this still 
how I want to be? Do I need to bring down that revenue number or do I need to push myself harder creatively or just who is it that I want to be as I enter the last half of this year? And that is how I do a mid-year check-in. It takes as long as you need it to take. For me, it's usually like an hour, hour and a half. It's not a super long thing because I just like to kind of geek out and imagine and envision and dream on who I want to be and how I want to show up. But everything always comes back to how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Not just what do I want to do, but how do I want to feel as I go through this life and navigate these things? So that is my achiever meets hippie way of of, uh, pursuing the last six months of the year. And I really hope that you guys found it helpful. If you are listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Some of you are listening every week and, and haven't subscribed yet. Would really appreciate it if you did. It just means that you get a little notification there on your phone every time we post a new episode. And if you found this helpful, gosh, I'd really appreciate if you would just take a quick screenshot and post it on social or uh, send it to a friend you think it would be helpful for. Just uh, send it right along. That would be so great. And yeah, that was my nerdy conversation. Obviously, since I went almost an hour, you can tell that this is something I really love to talk about. I hope you guys found it helpful. I will be back next week with another episode. And until then, I want you to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.